right? CFL, you can have that idea for free. I'm glad because they can't afford it. <laughs> you have to pay for them to take your idea. You are listening and watching the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast. It'd be a spiel, but I'm not doing this again. I'm Carlos. That's Dave. Like, are you never doing it again or just never again in video form? Or if, is, I do again, is that? if I do it again, it's going to be a voiceover guy who's going to do it in an, in an exceedingly dramatic way in radio voice. And then I'm just going to stand here and just wait for it to finish playing. I think we need to do that. I, like I said last week in the last episode, we need to hire a celebrity from that website to do it for us. Well, as you do, you pretty much have to outsource everything these days. We'll just see if we can get Morgan Freeman on the line. We'll see if we can get him to do some work. Come on, man. That would be pretty. Or James Earl Jones, you know, somebody like that. Is James Earl Jones still alive? As far as I know, he is. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, just think about it, Carlos. We could be in the same category as, uh, you know, if you build it, he will come into that movie, right? Field of Dreams. And which is that actual voice. This is CNN. Interesting. You know, I'm I'm really digging the James Earl Jones right now. I'm willing to accept that we're at least as credible as CNN. I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, you just I don't, I, I, I don't know who's that. Insul- I don't know who that's insulting. I, I but I'm just willing to put it out there. I am confident that we're at least as credible as CNN. At least. So anyway, I feel, how's the I feel like we win no matter what with that comment. There are no losers, Dave. There are no losers. So how's the week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, my big thing this week was previous to our conversations, I started going through my old cards and found out I basically have nothing of value. You know, a few things that I could, you know, like you said, you remember you, I don't know if you did it on this podcast or something, but you had to hold up a box and it was like, this is basically $150 worth of cards, Mm -hmm. but it was like a bunch of different cards. Yep. You know, I could probably do something like that if I sold them all or less. Uh, I had a couple of, of rookie cards, one that I just recently found too. Uh, I guess the best thing that I've actually seen, which is selling for, I think, 50-ish US, is the Chipper Jones draft pick tops card. Yes, that's after you get it graded and it comes back a 10. Yes. Yes, but, you know, it's it's potential of something of value, whereas, you know, nothing else is really valuable whatsoever. So effectively, what you're trying to tell me is that you were a child of the early 90s and the overproduction era, which nothing is really worth anything. Apparently. Yes. Yeah. Basically, the 1990s, uh, it really came down to because of all the overproduction. Basically, if you had stumbled upon 1990 Leaf, a bunch of those have some value for 91. There isn't a lot for 91. Uh, It it would pretty much have to be high condition. And by the way, the only reason the high condition stuff is worth anything is because not a lot of people have realized. I think what's funny about the whole thing with it being uh, worth more in high condition is that if enough people realize that like truly realize that and all the cards came out of the woodwork would a bunch of them be in crummy condition because the kids didn't take care of it at the time yes absolutely but you'd still find a lot more tens and then the chipper jones would be down to like five dollars graded and it's like didn't it cost ten dollars grade yes it did but it's five dollars yes but ungraded it's one (laughs) so it's worth more now it's like but i'm down five dollars and you have to pay shipping yeah it'll always be worth more graded but yes that is a fact because it basically what you're doing is you're creating um you're creating scarcity in relative terms compared to the rest of the print run. That's all you're doing. You're creating yeah, scarcity. It's a sure. condition rarity rather than an actual rarity because if it was actually rare, it'd be worth something on its own. Yeah, absolutely. Or if people suddenly wanted it, but the problem is Trooper Jones has been retired for years. 
the people who wanted one all have six. And that's kind of the issue is it's not that it's not val has no value. It's not that Chipper Jones isn't good is that everyone who could possibly want one at this point probably owns one already. Yeah. And that's that's always the issue with that entire era. And I and I had a bunch of cards. I I, I still have a couple of boxes of '91 Donruss from packs that I opened up as a kid. And I and I think I have 12 Eddie Murrays from 1991 Donruss. And I never understood why I kept pulling Eddie Murray. Why Eddie Murray every single time? That that was the Carlos card, right? Every time it's like, hey, Carlos is opening cards. Let's just throw in a couple extra Eddie Murrays. And the thing is, Griffey was in the set. Like you couldn't throw a couple of Griffies at me, like j just a couple, just for fun. Yeah, just something that's you know potentially a value here. Just just one, two cards. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's, even back then you knew that Griffey was you knew that Griffey was the star. But oh, for it's sure. Like, but it's like, come on, man. Hey, Eddie Murray. It's like Eddie Murray's a Hall of Famer. It's not like it, you could do worse, I suppose. But like, man, geez. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so you were checking out the cards. Anything else you were up to this weekend? I uh, well, I got a couple week? two uh, two other things. One, the second one is I know we're going to talk about this later but i would like to issue my mea culpa right now as you for should. doubting you and the emma the, the lack you know saying that the mob season is not going to finish uh it looks more and more like they're at the very least it's going to be a big pause uh, but we'll talk about that when we talk mlb mm -hmm. and the other thing is very exciting carlos or at least very exciting for you hmm. the canadian premier league has announced that they're going to play the season in a bubble in charlottetown Wow, that's so you will get your pretentious cross country running in Canada in PEI. Are you sure, like the Canadian Premier League, are we sure that we want to entrust it to Charlottetown PEI? I feel like we should put it in the hands of someone organized, someone prepared, someone ready. I'm thinking Rob Manfred should run it. Oh, and God. we don't need a bubble. We'll put it in, we'll put it in Florida, the best part of Canada. We'll put it in Florida. Let's put it in like well, when did Florida become the best part? Of it's the best place. Trust me, Dave, the best place. Uh, I hear like the Marlins are doing great. That's going well. Uh, the WB Performance Center is like in Florida. Like I will tell you this, though. Could possibly go wrong. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Speaking of pretentious cross country running, uh, since they actually arrived in the bubble and started playing games, all there's games that was postponed because someone exhibited symptoms, but nobody has tested positive for COVID-19 and they haven't stopped the tournament. So MLS has actually seen, and they're playing in Orlando have seemed to not fuck it up. So because if you go in a bubble and you actually adhere to the bubble, it's not it. You can still get something, but your chances go up exponentially. If you actually adhere to the bubble, of if course. you actually do the thing, then you've got a shot. If you do not do the thing and you travel and you didn't even have a location for one of your teams because you're that organized, then it's not going to turn out well. Yeah, exactly. It is like the opposite of that. It's it's one of those things. Like the, My whole prognostication was not based on this incredible <laughs> insight that I have into Major League Baseball, although I have tremendous insight into Major this League Baseball. True. This is true. But the reason why is because I'm like, you're an idiot and you're in charge. So therefore, I'm basing off the fact that you're an idiot, that you're going to find a way to fuck this up. Yeah. You will. That is that is the way that is your way. That is but, what you will you do. Know, you know what? The more stuff happens in baseball, especially this year. I don't know why I never really thought about it before, but I guess really it it for me the realization came with the fallout of the Astro scandal is how ridiculously incompetent Rob Manfred actually is. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody over a text message. This has been a while now. And I and he asked me about Rob Manfred. And my response was this exact words. He found a way 
to make me miss Bud Selig. Yeah. I, because you know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. His general fuckery was straightforward. Like you could understand Bud Selig's fuckery. Like you could get it. Like I'm like, okay, you're an idiot, but, but it, it's, it's comprehensible idiocy. If that makes any well, sense. You knew where he was coming from, what he's trying to get done. And, and, what was behind everything? I guess. Yeah, it's like steroids. What steroids? There are no steroids. Everything's fine because we're making money and everybody's into baseball. Correct. And then when the time comes, we'll betray them, and none of them will go in the Hall of Fame because because steroids are bad. Well, That's how I, we're going to play. Be fair, them. though, he doesn't have anything to do with that. The Correct. Hall of Fame part. That is that is fine. But what I'm trying to get at is like at least that. At least there was a logic to it. The logic was he was trying to make money. The log there was a logic. There yeah. was a logic. Well, I think Rob Manfred. The logic is we're trying to make money too. Or at least the owners are are trying to make money, but they're yeah. not very good at it. No, and and you know here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm going to go back to the MLS example because I guess we're moving into the MLB stuff now. But so what happened? There was a game. It was Toronto and DC United. So they, there was a first game of, of Toronto's tournament, right? And the game ended up getting postponed for two days because couple of players i think it may be like one on dc couple on toronto something like that had exhibited symptoms they had not tested positive but they exhibited symptoms of covid19 so like okay we're gonna stop we're gonna hold we do some extra testing we'll make sure right when everything came back negative they went ahead with the game all right right as opposed to you know miami where somebody was wasn't it actually a couple players that actually tested positive and they played the game anyway yeah basically mm -hmm. yeah so like no, you're already, you know, you're you're already operating at a higher risk anyway because you're you're not doing the bubble. So the players in MLB, to be fair, like to the whole process, really balked at the idea of doing a bubble. They did not want to do a bubble. They were really against it. Well, the right? thing is, that one real quick point: even in the current circumstance where they don't have a bubble, they're violating the terms of the procedures they agreed to. So well, part yeah. of Rob, part of Rob Manfred's thing, he goes, "Okay, look, it's too late now to initiate a bubble. We said, fine, we'll run without it. But then you guys are still high fiving, you're spitting in the dugout, you're doing all basically all the crap that we basically said that you shouldn't do in our already flimsy procedures, which probably weren't going to work anyway. But then you're basically guaranteeing they don't work because you don't even follow those. No, for sure. And I read a really interesting article on this, and part of it pisses me off. So I don't know if you saw." live or witnessed or how much you're into the hashtag free Joe Kelly and that incidents in the uh, Dodgers Astros game. You know what happened down there? Oh, was it where he tried to, didn't he beat somebody or no, he threw behind two guys yeah. up around their head. Yeah. He claims that, you know, Oh, my control is not that good. Whatever. Obviously he was trying to do something. He didn't hit anybody. Uh, he got suspended eight games, which is mm -hmm. kind of ridiculous, but here's the thing. So Dave Roberts got suspended one game. And Dusty Baker, the manager of the Houston Astros, got fined. And the reason Roberts and, and, and um, Dusty Baker were uh, punished was because the players left the dugout. So it wasn't because of Joe Kelly or, or what they did around that. It's because the players left the dugout, which is another thing they'd said, right? Like, you can't fight. There's supposed to be no physical contact unless, obviously, you know, for, for example, if someone's, you know, trying to steal second base and they're diving in and you're tagging them and there's some content like obviously that is that's okay because it's part of the game whereas yeah. you know bench clearing stuff isn't well the article i was reading said well wait a minute so you're not supposed to do that why didn't they just find everybody who came out of the dugout yeah right it, it seems to me that especially in a rob manfred it's like what the hell are you doing 
Like you're trying to send them, you want certain things to happen. You have an opportunity to send a message to actually do something about it, but you don't. The, I mean, that whole incident stems from the fact that they didn't punish the Houston players whatsoever for the, the, the sign stealing. But then it's like, okay, we don't want pe people coming out of the dugout. Okay, well, we're not going to do anything to the people who came out of the dugout. You know what I mean? Next time something similar like that happens, or maybe a ball gets away from somebody and they really didn't mean it, and and it's a dugout empty. Well, who cares? They're not going to get fined. There's there's no incentive, you know, on that end to not do that behavior, other than you know your own personal health, which apparently the Marlins don't care about because they went out in Atlanta. So what you're saying is that you're looking for consistency. Not even consistent. I mean, yes, I'm looking for some consistency for sure, but I'm also looking for you to actually fucking do something, Rob Manfred. Like, don't just sit there. Ray, is it, it's not a nightmare scenario yet. You know what? It sounds a lot like somebody else. I don't know, maybe the governor of Florida who was like, hey, everybody, you all said it was going to get bad and it didn't get bad. And he was like puffing out his chest. I don't know if you've seen that clip or not. I and, don't pay attention you know to anything in the news. Things got really bad in Florida. So it's like, especially with this, because things can change so much in, in a small period of time. How about you don't make stupid comments? That would help too. No, no, no. No, you got to say things that then we can mock you for later. Like, well, I mean, I, I, enjoy, I, insist, the I enjoy the mockery. I insist. I insist that you stick your neck out and make declarations. But, I think you should make as many as possible. The more outlandish, the better. Well, we also have to realize this too. Sometimes, whether you believe this or not, I'm just—I do. Sometimes the universe tries to tell us things that maybe we don't realize on our own, but we should. And therefore, little clues come out in in things. You know, maybe people see some signs. But when Rob Manfred is fucking on interview, being interviewed in the first game of the MLB season, and there's fucking lightning behind him, people take note. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. That's perfectly logical. Nothing ever happened. It was only the first game back. It was, you know, it was completely fine. It was great. Yeah. And they didn't even finish that game. Well, I mean, it counted as an official game because well, that, that was the best part. The best part is that it counted as an official game. Uh, technically, it was a, it was a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'm just going to see if I can pull it up here. But in the meantime, we'll just keep talking. No, the reality is that it was always going to be a problem. Everybody, any reasonable person knew that you had to know that you were set up like you were you were primed. Everything needed, if you were going to go bubbleless, and then I think I'll be able to actually share it here for us. There you go. Look at that. Right. Is that not and beautiful? Again, as I said, I've said before when I've seen this picture, it may look like it. That is not Photoshopped. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Is that not beautiful? Is that not fabulous? <laughs> Got to make it a little bigger, Dave. Got to make it a little bigger. I like I'm just it. Gonna I'm just going to leave it there for a couple of minutes just so that we can all take it in. Sure. I just want to absorb it. They don't need to see us. They're seeing us talking. It's fine. But, but, but here's my thing. That I'm not even sure the plan as it stands at the beginning is actually the most important thing. It's important, right? But I think you need to have some sort of contingency plan as to what happens when things go wrong. Not if things are going to go wrong. You know, so as we start returning to things, you know, school comes back in the fall for certain places. What happens if you know, so-and-so gets sick. What's the plan for that? And it seems to be MLB had no plan other than, okay, we're going to travel around and follow these protocols and everything will be fine. Well, you have to expect that somebody's not going to follow it. You know, something's going to happen and put in, you know, you don't have to publish it. You don't have to, you know, tell everybody what's going to happen. You don't have to tell the media. You don't have to tell ESPN, but you at least should have some semblance of an idea as, okay, if a player tests positive on team, what are we going to do? And, you know, now it's like, okay, so a bunch of 
people have started testing positive. Let's just figure this out on the fly because reasons. I disagree. I think they should publish every single one of their ideas, their contingencies, their counter plans, because I would like to mock all of them. They're probably all terrible. They're horrific ideas. And I would like to be able to mock them up front in advance so that when they also screw up and then those things don't work, I will then also be able to mock them at the time it's happening and then mock them after. I want to get all three levels of mockery, Dave. I want to get right. early mockery, existing mockery, and then post mockery. I want okay. all three. Okay. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah. sure. Yeah. Three facets. Right. And, of mockery, and this man on the screen right now, you know, is wearing a lot of egg on his face. No, Dave, this, this right here, this guy, this guy right here, this is a man with a plan. Can't you tell from his, look at his eyes. Can you not tell this is a man, a man with a plan? You know what? Like the more you look at this pic, the, there's just so much wrong with this picture. The more I look at this, the more I'm like, MLB is doomed. But the best part, Dave, is that during our last episode, you put your faith in this man. I was wrong, Carlos. I was wrong. <laughs> And it didn't take long. <laughs> but the best, the best part of that story is how I defended and said, "Yes, they're going to get the season in," which, which they may do. I, I'm, I'm still not convinced they won't get the season in. But here's the thing: by the end of it, the season may just be like one team has played their 60th game against, you know, it's an inter squad game, and we're just going to crown them champions because they're Wait, the only team left. Dave, so you're saying that we can live the dream? Are you saying that the 2020 World Series champion will be the champion? By default, uh, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Dare which will I still live. be a more legitimate championship than the Houston Astros. Just putting. That Dare out. I live the dream? I don't know, Dave. Don't, don't Dave. Don't tease me with that. Don't tease me. Don't tease me with the but you, dream. But you know what I mean? Like that. That. That is where we're headed, right? I love it because it's now it's like okay, well, we have all these games that we need to make up. How are we going to do them? Okay, we're going to play some double headers. Well, then stadium employees tested positive for COVID-19 in Philadelphia. So the doubleheader between the Jays and the Phillies that was supposed to happen this weekend is not happening. You know, so I figure it's like it's it's almost like some kind of MLB version of the Hunger Games. And whoever's left standing at the end, is, here you go. Here's the World Series trophy. Congratulations. Although I don't want it to happen, wouldn't it be great if this was like the time that the Yankees won with both Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge somehow remaining unscathed, even though they always get hurt? <laughs> like both of them get hurt like all the time and they're like we survived and they're like really the pandemic is when you two survived you got to the end of the season healthy you did I, you it you know what i would not be surprised and i mean let's let's put it that way too right how many people are getting injured or going to get injured because you have all these you know rules where starters are now pitching three innings 4.2 innings because they weren't ready right because of of you know the spring training 2.0 really didn't do enough to get people or pitchers, especially to where they need to be. And then you see, you know, Verlander goes down as a, as a prime example and who could be out for the season, right? Kershaw went down. Although that was supposedly unrelated because he got, did it while working out, but you know, you have to acknowledge that part too, where it's like pretty much anything MLB touches right now is turning to shit. Fair enough. But, uh, Look, I, I understand. I understand the general concept, but for God's sake, how long do these pitchers need to get warmed up and get ready? For God's sake, back in back back in the back in the old days, they pitched until their arms fell off and they drank half the time. Like sure. I don't expect us to go to that, but at the same time, like there has to be happy media. It can't take you like six months to get ready. So what you're saying is, really, if pitchers just drank more, we'd all be good. Well, I, I don't think it could possibly hurt. All right. Like you I know. think they should try that. Yeah, give it a go. See what happens. See what happens. I mean, you know, in the season where we're just going to try shit because. Why not? Yeah, it's like uh, 
at that point, you know, at least at least the guys with the beer guts would like make more sense. It's like, what's that? Who's coming out of the bullpen? Bartolo Colon is back, baby. Woo! Big sexy. L- listen, is there not a better time for Bartolo Colon than right now? Yes. You know, I, I didn't realize how much I missed Bartolo Colon until I relive, you know, pictures of my trip to Atlanta and watching him at, in that at bat. Oh, it was horrible. You just have to also amazing. You have to understand, Dave, and that man has hit a career home run, a career home run, one single <laughs> career home run. He has he has achieved this. He has he has done this. It has happened. I don't. Yeah, we don't know how, but it did. Yeah, he is not the he he is the hero we need, not the hero we deserve, Dave. Now I'm going to say, we deserve, then was that? Who do we deserve? At this stage, we deserve nothing because we put our faith in this man. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I will. Like, I will accept that. It's like at that point, you deserve nothing. Gla- Thanks for coming out. Anyway, yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't expect the news to get better, no. so we'll see what happens. But you know what? I am looking forward to, which I still I hope happens because who knows with MLB. But here's what I hope happen: I do want to see a game on TV where the Jays are playing in Buffalo. I, I I'm going to be shocked if they actually make it there. Like at the rate they're going, and, and here's the thing: I was at least reasonably happy. I did watch a little bit of the Jays games coming up into it, um, and it's one of those things. Like I knew it was going to be silliness. I, I'll tell you. Um, I'll, I'll finish this topic on like a ha- kind of a happy note. Um, I was pleased to see one thing. I did like that um, Miguel Cabrera had had a two home run game the other day, and he he looked a little bit like his old self, which is really cool. Which I think is great. It bodes well for him maybe getting to 500 home runs next season mm-hmm. because he's close. I think he's like at 480 now. So it's one of those things. Like his swings look pretty good. He put two pretty good swings on it and uh, hit two home runs. That's his 40th multi home run game, but his first in many years. Wow. So like Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera is an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer. But um, his power had been down because he had been hurt the last couple of years. And it was nice to see him actually look a little bit like Miguel Cabrera uh, for the first time in a long time. Although last season he played well, even though his powers was down. He actually hit pretty decently for the time he was able to play. So according to what I'm seeing, he has uh, 480 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's hit a couple now. I, I don't know if he hit two or three. I hit two in the one game, but I don't know if he hit another one this season. Maybe the three. Yeah. So... It's quite possible, given the short, given how short the season has been. Like hitting three home runs in that short period of time is pretty good. Yeah, especially, especially for a guy who's uh, who's who's been hurt a lot. Uh, it's encouraging because uh, you want to see that, and I think that's a good thing. So let me kind of segue quickly into. Can I say uh, one thing first, though, before ahead. we move into? I know. I'm sorry, I'm ruining your segue here, but I think we need to like save that Rod Manford picture, and it can be you know just brought up at random times, kind of like the Kwai laugh. We just insert that in whenever. Yeah, it's just be like talking about pretentious cross to running or something, and all of a sudden, boom! Yeah, see? Exactly. It doesn't even need to be a thing. Exactly. You got to like, keep that. It's like, why are you we doing that? Because we can. <laughs> all right. Where are you going now, buddy? All I was going to do is let me quickly go in. Uh, so this week, for the most part, has been pretty straightforward. I quickly want to mention a couple of things that happened this week because it was kind of fun. Uh, I fixed my refrigerator. Finally. So yeah. So this is also a long national nightmare that is finally over. It is a long national nightmare because I, I didn't know exactly what was wrong with it. And I was trying to figure it out. So uh, one day this week, I had Carlos Senior come over because I needed a second set of hands because because that in order to fix that shit properly, you need you need tools. You need uh, to be able to get into unless you bring in somebody to repair it. And I wasn't going to go there unless I had to. I needed to first see what the situation was. Well, it turns out we figured out what the situation was. It took some work. It took some finagling between the two of us to work together to figure this out. But we were able to completely pull off the top of the freezer section. And as it turns out, the compressor was completely stuck in a gigantic block of ice. Ah, the entire compressor from top to bottom 
including every screw and every single thing, there was ice on ice and ice on ice on ice, including on the sensors, which prevented the thing from freezing the entire rest of it. So the refrigerator wasn't working properly. The freezer couldn't freeze anything, but it had a giant block of ice on the compressor. Nice. Yep. It was great. So do you need a new compressor? Like, no, uh, we were able, no, we were able to sell uh, like uh, the last day or so I've been using it and it seems to be working properly now. All we had to do was extract about, I'm going to conservatively say about eight pounds of ice. That's a lot of ice. It is a lot of ice. Yes. What's there to stop that from ha eventually happening again? Although nothing. nothing as far as I know, we have to look into exactly what caused it. Now, did you buy that fridge yourself or was that there when you moved in? No, no, no. The original fridge that no. You've been to my house. You think that fridge was here when I moved in? The original fridge when I moved no, in was the original the fridge. Seriously? It was the one from the 70s. Yes. Ooh. It actually worked pretty well the first couple of years I was here. But I, but I, but it was also, uh, it was also the Hummer of fridges. Like I, uh, yeah. I, 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 like when I looked at my electricity, when I got rid of the fridge and swapped it out for the other fridge, my electricity bill fell $20. Wow. Like it was like, what are you, what do you do? It literally was the Hummer of fridges. It's like, what happened? Oh, I, I spent like $200 on gas. What'd you do? Well, I got to the end of the block and then I needed a refill. Yeah. It was like, holy crap. It was, I don't even know what it was using the power on, but it was using the power on something. It was, it was insanity. Oh yeah. So I replaced it with one that was more energy efficient, but apparently likes to become a block of ice. Now, mind you, it took a while. I've had that fridge for a little while. So I don't know exactly at what point it started doing that. So we'll kind of monitor it, but it seems to be working better now. So at least one thing has been fixed. So that's uh, phase one of the plan. Phase two of the make money on eBay has also been going very well. Uh, you know, our friends, uh, the sports card market, and now we're going to segue into my sports card market. But uh, no, it's been madness. Um, I put the other Giancarlo standing up on Com C. It hasn't moved quite as quickly as the first one, but that's okay. Uh, I'm on house money now with that card anyway, because the other one I made made a good profit on. Yeah. But I did put up an Aaron Judge uh, just to see if I could get rid of it because he did crush a home run yesterday. And it's one of those things, like at this point, like if he does anything, and Aaron Judge I'm more concerned about than Stanton because Stanton at least in career terms, he's over 300 career home runs right. heading into his late 20s, whereas Aaron Judge is 27 and he's like at 110 home runs. So it's, not, so it's not like he's not capable, but he's already kind of aged his way out of it because he started so late. Right. He'd have to hit like 50 home runs a year to like catch up. Um, so like his long-term prospects are not that great, but Yankee fans love him. So I'm like, please, Yankee fans, feel free to buy. And the market's been good for it. So if uh, so I've got I've got that one and I've got this one, which I haven't put up yet, but this one also. See that? Yep. So that's the top tech uh, Aaron Judge rookie. But I've got another one that I've put up that uh, those are going for like 125, 130 bucks. Nice. Oh, yeah. Dave, I got shit around here all over the place. I, I'm, I'm I've got bills. I think I think I got a stack of hundreds over here. I, I'm looking over. I'm trying to play like Roberto. Yeah. <laughs> he just got bricks. They go to the ceiling, go to the sky. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I've been bugging him forever because I always give because here's the thing. I'm actually very good with money in the sense of I understand it. I know how to make it. I am very good with investments and things like that. But I'm also terrible at saving because I like I like stuff. <laughs> I'd rather kind of buy stuff than invest a lot of my money most of the time. All and if I invested the damn money, I'd be rich by now because yeah. I because I know what I'm doing, but I'm just lazy and I don't want to save most of the time. Of course. Roberto, by contrast, is fantastic at saving. And fortunately, because I'm good at investing, I, I got him the last couple of years into actually investing his money. So he's making bank, even even, even working part-time, basically, uh, at, at his job. He's still making bank because he has no expenses. So he just keeps he keeps saving. He keeps collecting money, money, money. So finally, I kept bugging him. I go, so, you know, uh, when, when can I send you my bill for my fee, for my financial advice here? You know, you cheap bastard. 
Yeah. Since you're piling money up, hand over fist. So he bought me a Johnny Walker gold uh, gold reserve. Nice. I kept joking with him. It's like, you should get me a gold brick. And then I got a text message yesterday. He goes, so Roberto got you the gold brick. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So then uh, so then they gave me the gold reserve bottle. Nice. Solid. No, it's a, it's a, have you had the gold reserve? It's good. No, I it's, it's actually, I'm not much of a scotch guy. Fair enough. But it's like a $100 bottle. It's very good. It's yeah. actually crazy. I bought it for myself a number of times. It's actually quite good. The black is the black is a good solid choice, but the the gold reserve, nice primo. Although the eighteen is the good one, the really good one. Uh, the blue is the most expensive one. I tried it, a little overrated. Yeah, the eight, the eight. If you're gonna go pre, uh, premium, eighteen is the sweet spot. Gold reserve though, nice. primo. So I got my gold brick. So there you go. All right, pretty good. But it also tells you it's like ah, I'll just buy you a hundred dollar bottle of scotch now. Get out, get away from me. <laughs> I was yeah, like, exactly. I was like, as he piles up his cat, the rest of his cash, you know. But anyway, so whatever. Uh, it's for the most part, it's been a good week. I think it was a little bit relaxed because uh, now we got the long weekend coming up, right? So yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of chilling out uh, leading into the long weekend. So I think that was kind of the deal. Is uh, I think everyone's on uh, on station here. And although it wasn't in our topic list, I actually do want to talk about it after we finish talking about the sports card thing, which we're going to do now. I'm going to add that to my list of stuff. I actually want to talk about opening day in the NHL a little bit. All right. Because it's coming up on Saturday and it's uh and it's a full schedule. And when I looked at the schedule, I, it made sense. Like I understood, but I almost like it had been so long since the NHL initially announced their plan that I actually forgot there was a round robin. Like it totally completely slipped my mind. Like I know this, but then I almost looked at it and I was surprised. Like, why is Dallas playing like this team and then playing this team and then playing this team? Like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, Oh, the top seeds have a round robin, right? For seeding. That was like 150 plans ago. I forgot. Like it's been so long since the NHL initially explained the plan and then just kind of sat around and be like, so when do you guys start the plan? Oh, soon. Don't worry. Like when? At least they had a plan. You know, I, I, it's not like I know anybody who didn't have a plan. I can't think of anyone who couldn't have come up with a plan. Like not a single soul. Could See, go this, without this a plan. is why I'm saying we should have this image just saved. Just at all times. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Indeed. So real quick, also in the related stem, basketball continues to be on fire. Super on fuego. Like it's madness. It's one of those things like, you know what you should have done if you were getting in the early 90s? You should have bought fucking basketball is what you should have done. Yeah, apparently. Should have been all Jordan all the time, Dave. You screwed this up. The heck, man. We both did, Carlos. Just wrong. We both did. No, I didn't. I hate basketball. <laughs> Even if I could make a fortune, I still wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I probably still wouldn't have. I'll be honest with you. It, you could have been like, you could have gone to like eight-year-old Carlos and been like, if you buy these Michael Jordans now, by the time you're in your late 30s, you'll be a millionaire. I'm like, ah, basketball sucks. No, no sale. All right. <laughs> Not well, fair it. enough. Whatever. It's like, what that? Michael Jordan rookie? In the trash you go. I don't care how much it's worth. But yeah, no, like it's been insanity. Like it's it's been it's impressive to watch, but it's it's kind of one of my rules. Like if I was to offer an investment rule to anybody for the sports card world, making money is good. And if you and if you want to get into it and making money, you definitely can. Like you totally can. But uh, one thing I would say though is, don't get into it just for the money. I like to buy stuff where even if I think there's an upside, I like to buy stuff that I actually like. Where if where for whatever reason it doesn't go up, I still like it. So yeah. it means that I, I can enjoy having it. If like if I was to buy a bunch of basketball cards right now, I strongly suspect I would do well. But I would also be sitting there going like, okay, could you like, could you guys like do something so I can get rid of this shit that I don't want around me? Yeah. And that's not a good attitude to have. No, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's not actually any, it wouldn't be any fun. So it's one of those things. I, I'm content to make a little bit of money, but if you want to make the big money right now, it's basketball all day, every day. If you, if you have a bunch of LeBrons, Luka Doncic, you know, Giannis, anybody, and, and if they have a great game or something, like start printing money. 
just start printing it. You can sell it to the Philippines. You can sell it to Asia. You'll, you'll make, you'll, you'll do well. You'll do very well because Perfect. they're, they're on fire. But that's, but that's the reason why I picked up like, uh, this is another copy of this one here. So let me do that. So this is another one of the Sotos. I actually had a copy of this already, but I saw one really cheap on eBay. So I picked it up. It's one of those things. If these never go up in price, I don't care. I'll have it in the collection. I'm cool with it. But if it does, I'll, I have a couple. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, this one and these ones I bought just because I wanted to save money potentially in case these start going up in price. So that's uh, Rogers. But you can see it's got that reflective thing going on. Yeah. These are the more limited versions of them. So in basketball, even for veteran players, these have actually started going up. So if I had the equivalent of this, like in LeBron James, it would be like $100. Jeez. So Aaron Rodgers is not on that level, but Tom Brady has started to go up a little bit. And if the veteran players start picking up in the football, then, okay, if Tom Brady's like 100 or something, then Aaron Rodgers and like a Drew Brees and guys at that level, maybe it could be 50. Well, I'm buying these for like 10, like 10. So if they start going up to 50, I'm happy. Yeah, for sure you are. Like I, I, and even if I want to keep it for my collection, I'd rather than pay 10 now rather than pay 50 later. So all I'm saying is even if you want it just for collecting purposes, then I don't want to buy it when the price is gone up. Did I mention buy low? Did, yeah, I, did, that's did I explain key, right? the buy low concept here? Yeah, that's the key. I'd rather buy it when it's cheaper and people are looking the other way, at least while they're looking at other stuff. So yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about our good friend, Project 2020. I'll put it up here. Uh, some interesting stuff. Like it's been a little, uh, it's been a little quiet by regular Project 2020 standards, but we can look at it a little bit. So let's do that. So this is the new stuff. We got a new Ichiro and a new, um, and a new Dwight Gooden by Sophia Chang. So the Sophia Chang is pretty much in her signature style. This is basically what she does. Um, you know, get a lot of different uh, things going on in terms of phrases and things related to the player. Stylistically, it's interesting. Like it's not bad. And Jacob Rochester is totally in his style. Um, the Ichiro looks pretty good. Like it's not bad. Yeah, I like the Ichiro one. I'm not yeah. so not a huge fan of the the good one, but the Ichiro yeah. one I like. Yeah, I will say that Sophia Chang is one probably one of the more consistent artists because she pretty much keeps it looking the same. We mean Fuchi is inconsistent. No faces, uh, man. No faces. Yeah, but sometimes big faces, sometimes small faces. Sophia Chang is multiple like faces. Yes, exactly. Sometimes multiple faces. By the way, I got an email that two more cards are coming in, Dave. Two more. <laughs> And I still haven't gotten the first one, the first couple, but I've gotten an email. I have received an email. Tops is really fucking this up, is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, they really are. Like, holy crap. Like, they sent me that email and I kept I keep checking the tracking. You know where it is right now? In New Jersey. It's in Newark, New Jersey, Dave. I look forward to the time you leave Newark, New Jersey, and actually enters the country. Yeah, for sure. Like, geez, man. Uh, I'm hoping for project I'm hoping that I'll get it by project 2022. You might. Like, Maybe I'll and uh, Keith Chore, I think at this point is trolling us. Like this is trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I'm sorry, this is utter trash. What's and, in the? And, I can't see what's in the top right corner. The top right corner, of this guy. No, no, on the Keith Shore. Oh, in the top right corner, that's the pirate. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just like a cartoonized version of the pirate. Here, hold on, I can zoom in. There you go. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I can see it now. Yeah. But the thing is, this looks exactly stylistically like his uh, Kofax. Like, it's just a big head. And the thing is, it's meant to do the 55 tops as well, because that was both a rookie year. But he basically did, the, like, the exact same thing for the Kofax. Like, literally exactly the same thing for the Kofax. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Keyshore, except for the the Royals one, where they had the, you know, the random mascot and the, the angry mascot in the background. That was at least funny. That that, that I got a kick out of. That was right? nice I like that. But the other ones, you know, I there's not a single one I've wanted to buy. 
Yeah, the last couple have been not so great. Like uh, our good friend Don C did like the Louisville Slugger style. Although I did like that it included the little power eyes. So that was kind of cool. And then you got the Mariano Rivera by Tyson Beck. The Rivera barely cracked 3,000. That, that's pretty low. Well, actually. he is a trader to Panama. So there's that. Yeah. Well, in addition to it, like for Tyson Beck, this is actually not very good. Like I, I've seen some of his stuff where it's really good. Like this is kind of boring. It's really not that exciting, even as a card. Just in general, it's not a good card. Uh, the old man Allen uh, McGuire makes me laugh. Do it 87 top style. Um, and then Fuji actually, uh, design wise, this is very similar to one of his other recent ones. I think that, I feel like font wise, they kept it similar to the Thomas. Like I'll zoom in a little bit on this one, but doesn't this feel a little bit like color wise, like the Frank Thomas a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got the naming here. Now, obviously he did stay consistent with the 52 tops and of course the, the lack of a face as is the way, but, um, yeah, it's kind of okay. Not like amazing. Although the permanent's pretty good for Fuji, the 3,200. Anything in kind of that 3,000 range, I'll be curious to see what that does price-wise. I don't know. But the problem is you'll it'll be like two or three years before you get it. So I probably wouldn't pre-order this. Yeah, exactly. Just throwing it out there, I might not want to pre-order this unless uh, you got a couple of years to wait for this to actually arrive. So I'm just looking to see if there's anything interesting. Like the Matt Taylor's not bad. Nothing crazy. Gross uh, uh, or grotesque, I should say. Uh, the Blake Jameson Ishiro. Um I don't know, man. Like nothing really that exciting, I think, right now in the last week of uh, no. 2020 here. Nothing, nothing that stands out for me. So we'll see. We'll see what next week has to has to has to say because right now we're up to card number. Um, we're in the 180s now. Ah, so we're getting there. Yeah, still got to wait. I'll tell you a little story though. Uh, tops. And by the right. way, our, friend, our friends at Tops have been making bank on all these print on demand things. Like they're absolutely killing it. Project 2020 is a good example, but. There was one that I wish I could have gotten in on because that would have been a profit, uh, a profitable venture. Uh, and apparently they can, they were able to ship it quickly. Heaven forbid. Um, they produced, uh, are you familiar with the, uh, tops finest brand? No. Okay. So the tops finest brand has been around for a long time. Like it's around to this day, but it lost a lot of the prestige it once had. But what I'll do is I'll show you something here and I'll put it on the screen for everybody to look at. Oh, the type this distance here. Okay. That's the only problem is I got the microphone out here and the and the keyboard all the way over here. Reach, Carlos, reach. Yeah, I'm trying. I need longer arms for this situation. All right, so I'm going to share the screen with you in a second here, and I'll show you a good example of a cool card from it. Uh, actually, I got a good example. Let me do this one. Let's do this. Okay, cool. So this is 1993 Finest, 93 Tops okay. Finest. Now, I remember when this originally came out. Now, these were originally a, the first really super premium product. Like these... These were 1993 days. So these are in our vintage. Think about this. These were the princely sum of $5 a pack back in 1993. Oh, wow. The princely sum of $5 a pack. That's that is a princely sum in 1993. What's that? I said that is a princely sum in 1993. Yeah. Now think about a box of 24 of them. $120 for a box? Outrageous. Nowadays, a regular box of tops will run you about 90 <laughs> 200. Um, but anyway, so this was a super, super, super premium product back in 1993. And this, the reason I use this example here is Cal Ripken here was the breakout star of that time period, because you got to think 93, 94, 95 is when he was uh, breaking the uh, breaking the Iron Man streak of a Lou Gehrig. Mm -hmm. And as a result, Cal Ripken absolutely took off. Now, the regular version of this card did well, but they had the refractors. I think you're familiar with refractors. Yeah, the rainbow foil, basically. Yep. So the 93 finest refractors were one per box. 
So it was all base cards that were in this cool, like Chrome. This was the first time they used the Chrome technology on the cards. And they had the refractor technology, which was the rainbow shine on the Chrome. And they were one per box, which is to say they were kind of difficult to do because it was almost a 200 card set. So in order to get a complete set of refractors, you'd have to open about 200 boxes, assuming you had perfect collation. Right. So they were super tough. And uh, the print run on those was uh, reported to be like 240 cards. So not like super common. And again, think the early 90s. This is like, that means they're rare. <laughs> so at the time, the Ripken was on the hot list for Beckett all the time because the refractor was going for like 1500 to $2,000 wow. in 1993. And then by 95, they were like $2,500, $3,000. Jeez. So they were absolutely like skyrocketing. To this day, the refractors are still super expensive. I think uh, I, I've tried a bunch of times uh, because in this set, think 1993, that's the year the Jays won the World Series. Right. I'm trying to this day in my collection. I have yet to get a 93 finest refractor in the collection. That's one of my goals long term, um, just because they're so expensive still. Like, and I've got options. Like, John Olderud's in the set. Joe Carter's in the set. Okay. Roberto Alomar's so in the set. Um, but remember, 200 card set, so it's not like you have the full team. But yeah. you, certain Blue Jays were there. So Joe Carter and Roberto Alomar were, stay, were, were obvious ones, but you also had John Olerud in there. And you think, oh, well, John Olerud couldn't be too bad. I think John Olerud is like 200 bucks. Like it's, uh, and then the Joe Carter, like anytime I try to buy one, the Joe Carter is like insane. It's absolute utter madness. <laughs> now, mind you, that's because that's what they're asking for, but that's because there aren't that many out there. And it's, right. one, of those, it's one of those things where I, I've tried. I, I look from time to time. Sometimes I'll sporadically check it out just to see like, no, oh, maybe, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a time. Um, and it's one of those deals where, yeah, I think $322 is one of them right now. That's up, uh, a PSA eight, $322. So there you go. And then the Alomar is insane too. So it's like, I want to get one and somebody has a PSA 10 for $2,600. Oh gosh. Now I don't think they're going to get it, but the point that they're even attempting to ask tells you how tough these still are. Now imagine if you get like a star player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the Ken Griffey, I think I did see one that sold probably for like seven or eight grand. Wow. Yeah. So those were big. Anyway, so the reason I gave you the background is that Topps uh, has a club called the Montgomery Club, which was okay. based on uh, a period of Topps' history. So what happened is you could join the club and you would be uh, receive um, the option to buy certain uh, club-specific um, – what's the best way to put it? Club-specific products that they would create. Okay. Some of them are pretty generic and kind of you know variations on base cards and stuff like that, stuff they would allow you to buy sets of and whatever. Well, what they did is they did a Topps Finest flashback, which they took current modern players and they reproduced them in 93 Topps Finest format, the design. Mm -hmm. And they produced a set where you could buy boxes, the old fashioned boxes that were designed like the 93s, except they were 2020s with Luis Robert on the cover. Oh, wow. So they took the 1993 uh, Finest design, modernized it with all modern players and fixed it so that you could pull them and then out of packs, refractors were one per box. But it was exclusive to the Montgomery people, Montgomery Club. So right. I think you could buy the boxes for like $120 through the Montgomery Club if you were a member. And you okay. could buy like up to three boxes. You were limited. Three boxes. Uh, on the secondary market, you could sell them to a dealer like Blowout Cards for eight or $900 per box. Wow. So you could buy them for $120 each, $360, and turn around and sell them for $2,700. That's crazy. And Tops will actually send them to you. <laughs> what? I know. I know. Did I mention the sports card market's insane, Dave? Yes, multiple times. But I, but I feel like I'm making my point. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point, it's just, 
Now, the thing is, I feel bad because uh, I'm going to try to get uh, the Vladimir Guerrero base card. I think the base card is going for 20 bucks. Like, it's stupid. It's insanity. And it's a cool card. Like, I'm like, I actually want the card because it's yeah. a cool card. But I'm like, guys, you're killing me. Imagine the refractor. I don't even know right now. <laughs> like, holy shit. It's just, no, it's just, it's absolutely unreal what these things are going for and what people are paying for them right now. Well, dude, the money's in the market right now. It's one of those things. And, um, one of the things I'm keeping track of, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, there is a guy. Uh, did it say anything about Nat Turner? Did I have mentioned that to you before? No. Okay. Let me give you a short version. I'll explain real quick, and then I'll explain why I'm keeping an eye on Nat Turner and some of his associates. Nat Turner is a big-time collector, but he's a big-time collector now. Um, but Nat Turner actually started a bunch of different companies, uh, including a medical company and that he sold to. Uh, so he, he created a company that he sold to Google years ago for $80 million. And then he used those proceeds to create another company that was a medical company that he sold to a medical conglomerate for $2 billion. So Nat Turner is a multi-billionaire. He's the also has, 30, The man has money. He has money. He's also 32. And uh, at this stage in the game, he's just like doing whatever he wants. He's an angel investor. He does all kinds of whatever. Um, he, he's an entrepreneur. He starts businesses because now he can do whatever he wants at this point. Uh, but one of the things he's decided to do because uh, he was a big sports fan and a fan of cards and things as a kid is that now he's just gone and buy, bought everything he damn well please. Imagine if the entire world was a buy it now on eBay. Just like, yeah, I'll take one of those. Yeah, I'll take one of those. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh, do you have it in blue? I'll take that one too. Could you could you get me that? Could you ship it over? Because he's got like, he's got the 52 tops mantle, PSA 10. He's got, <laughs> and I'm like, the 52 tops mantle on PSA 10 is like a million dollar card. Yeah, I'll hit buy it now on that. I'll just take that one. Oh, wow. I'll take one of those. And he's the one who set headlines a little while ago before before like the LeBron James came out recently that was sold for 1.8 million and all that right. madness. He set the record for most paid for a modern sports card like six months ago, back in the you know, the the sane days when he bought a uh, precious metal gems Michael Jordan card. Uh, I think it was the green copy that's the 10 copies, which is a rare card, obviously, Michael Jordan, all that. But you know, in the sane days. He paid a mere three hundred fifty thousand for it back then, setting a modern day record, which has since been broken like fourteen times. That's insane. And there's a Mike Trout right now that's in an auction that they think might crack three million. Why? It's Mike Trout. Scrubs, Dave. People are really into scrubs. Like I don't even know what to tell you. Like you know, as far as uh, as far as the uh, as far as the pecking order of the game of baseball is concerned, Mike Trout might be like a bowl bowl, but he's no Lonzo Ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not feeling it, Dave. Like, I'm just not few, feeling it. Few people are Bull Bull, let's be like, real. Like, Bull Bull, man. He's got Bull for the name twice. He should just be Bull Squared. That'd be, maybe he will be by the yeah, time we're all. He should just roll with it. He, ro he, should, he should roll with it. Why not? But yeah, I know it's, like I said, right now we're in weird times. But the point I'm keeping an eye on Nat Turner is obviously in addition to his collection and the way he's doing it, obviously he's buying whatever the hell he wants. You know, he's got the resources. He can do whatever he likes. But what's interesting is that one of his buddies is trying to pitch him on the idea of creating a tradable commodity where people can buy basically shares in what they think the value of his collection should be. So they're basically trying to create a tradable item on the basis of creating basically an IPO based on his value of his collection. Interesting. Yes, it is. But at the same time, that's the definition of institutional money being pumped into a market that's already overly pumped. Imagine if we throw more money in on the theoretical concept of the collection. Yeah, I don't know. No, thanks. Yeah, like that, that would do some ridiculous things because we already have that. If you want to see what that looks like, I don't even have to get, I don't even have to speculate. If you want to see what that looks like, 
there are commodities like that for gold and silver and, you know, uh, pork futures and random shit. Now you can buy commodities that way and trade them. But then you have to ask yourself, well, do you actually have that gold and silver? I know you say you're trading it and you say you've got it in your holdings in the vault, but do you actually have it? Because yeah. do you even need to have it or do you just need to say you have it? Well, Who's exactly. auditing it? It's like so Fort Knox. Is there any gold there anymore? Yeah. But the thing is, like, imagine doing that with a sports card collection that is worth multi, multi, multi millions. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm and not then, interested in it. Yeah. But that's also going to pump. But that's but that would also pump money into the regular sports card market because this fund in order to kind of work, they would also have to buy assets. Yeah. Which in turn means they'll throw more money into the market because Lord knows this market needs more money, Dave. You of know course. what this market needs? More money. Hey, what it needs is for you to sell even more at what? even higher prices, Carlos. Listen, if Buddy starts throwing that kind of money around at some random shit, listen, at that point, it's like, you'll know. If you get a text message, you'll be like, Turnbull, get some cash together. What are we doing? We're buying some basketball. But you ate basketball. Exactly. It's happening. Turner's, it's like Turner's on the warpath. It's time to buy the castle. And here I was thinking that he, you were going to say you were going to sell. You had sold some Medano to Turner. Well, I don't see why he would want to buy it. Like right now, right now he's already like stocking up on like, seriously, it, the thing is you can check out his Instagram. I'll send you his Instagram. He literally is stocking up. He, he's showing off stuff from his collection all the time. He bought a, an unopened 1954 Bowman baseball box. Do you have any idea how many of those are around? Not, Not very around. many. No. Did he open it? No, but some of the some of the rare basketball boxes that he's been buying that like are now rare as hands teeth, he is opening those. He's just opening them to screw around. Which means, Dave, Nat Turner has achieved the status, the real status that is the real dream. And do you know what that is? Being overpaid. Well, kind of, yeah. I don't know. Like, is it overpaid if you sell a business that you own? Like, is that being paid so much? It's I, just I, like, well, I don't know. It could be, I guess. I, we, we're going to have to debate the semantics offline. We'll debate the semantics offline. But the point that I'm actually trying to make is that now, is that Nat Turner truly is a self-indulgent wiener with too much bloody money. Yes. That fair. is the dream, Dave. That's In fair. addition to being overpaid, my dream is to be a self-indulgent wiener with too much bloody money. I'd be like, why are you doing this? Because I can. Well, there we're you well, that's what happens, Dave. All you got to do is find a company, sell it to Google for $80 million, build another company, and sell it to a medical conglomerate for $2 billion. Done. Boom. Get on it, man. Get on it. Jeez. I have to tell you how to do everything. Jeez. Anyway, but yeah, so that's kind of the sport card market in a nutshell right now. I'm keeping an eye on it because there's some crazy shit coming down the pipeline. And if that trout actually does manage to reset the record that was just reset, that reset another record that was just reset, that reset another record that was just reset, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Where, where's the limit? Like, what is it? Can 88 Donruss Greg Jeffries be next? $10 million? That's a, that's a, that's an old sports card joke. 88, 88 Donruss Greg Jeffries is like the most overproduced hype card from back in the day. Nice. I, I, I strongly suspect uh, the joke was always that it's like, oh, they kept printing them. It's like, there's probably 14 billion of them, Dave. They're short printed because if you think there's 7 billion people on earth, and if they printed 14 billion, that means each person on earth could only have two. And Nat Turner has a million. <laughs> so those starving children in Africa don't even have an $88 Greg Jeffries to eat. Nothing. They have nothing. Oh, man. That's what they should do the telethon on. And get Sarah McLaughlin to sing it, you know, the song of an angel. Every time there's a telethon. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the commercial. Know, yeah. That literally, it is the song of telethons right now. Yes. Yes. And just play it and be like, these children could have an $88. What are they going to do? With it? I don't even know. <laughs> 
I don't even know. Boom, but done. I, yeah, it's like that and championship T-shirts for teams that didn't win. These people need the clothing and they need this card to do nothing with. And how can we do that? You got to give money to this charity. I think that is perfectly solid idea. Done, done. All right. So that'll be it for today. I'm going to have some more fun on this later. But uh, I do want to talk about a little bit about, so we've already talked about the MLB a little bit. Uh, so real quick, uh, Antonio Brown suspended for eight games. No one cares. Yep. And um, one other thing I want to talk about though, as well, I'm going to talk a little bit about the CFL uh, thing in a second, but I do want to talk about the NHL a little bit. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it um, right. because it, because the schedule it, it's, we knew they were in a bubble and we knew there's two bubble cities, but it's just looking at the schedule just kind of makes me chuckle. It's, it's just, it puts a smile on my face just because it loved the way it reads. It's like, yeah. So what are they, because they're playing basically a triple header in Toronto. Okay. They have to schedule it out, you know, like in these four hour blocks. So Montreal, whole, Pittsburgh, buddy. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like, besides Dave, you should be a little more excited about this. Aren't you back in the Montreal bag? I'm back in buddy. Yeah. So there's a, Carl, so let me just put it this, this way. All right. There's a reason we're recording on a Friday night as opposed to a Saturday night. Yeah, so you can have and time. The, Rap the Raptors' first game back is also tomorrow night too. Oh, look at you! Yeah, so no, it's kind of interesting though because uh, you've obviously got um, Rangers, Hurricanes, Blackhawks, Oilers, and um, I preferred it before when I was looking at the schedule and they actually showed um, and they actually showed the location too. But anyway, so they had like uh, three in Toronto and then I think two in Edmonton, and they kind of spaced them out like in like four hours apart. So I guess they're gonna have to like scrub down the arena. Is that kind of the deal? I guess. Well, the the change rooms and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Did did the rules um have they I know they're well, they're basically playing out like a round robin and they're also playing like the actual playoff games, uh the playing games uh series. But um do they have any rules for overtime? Given that we're kind of in a round robin situation? Is I'm it gonna not, go straight uh, to shootout or something? Well, it's gonna have to do something. I don't know what the actual rule is, but no, but the reason I'm asking is because if they're spacing these out like four hours apart, I'm using Toronto as an example. If they're spacing okay. them out like four hours apart. Like, imagine if you get like a 99 Stanley Cup triple overtime. Like, you can't. Like, you can't afford it. You, you have yeah. to get them out well, of there. But Carlos, I think it's all all Eastern games are in Toronto. All Western games are in Edmonton. No, it's okay. But I'm talking about if the game. No, no, you're just you're just saying for I like to see where the arena is. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's just. Yeah, East, like Eastern teams are in Toronto and West, and then I don't know where the Stanley Cup would be. I haven't heard that, but no, for sure. I, I think I've, I'm sure they've, I'm sure they'll uh, announce that or figure it out. What I'm referring to, not so much as that. What I'm referring to is the fact that the Toronto games, they've got a basically a triple header scheduled, but they've, they only have so much buffer in between. So I'm assuming it's a shootout format because they can't let the game drag on. Or they could play regular season overtime rules. It's got to be something like that. Right. But that's, yeah, but it's got to be something along those lines to end the game because they basically only have a four hour window to play. Yeah. And then they basically have to scrub it down and get the other teams in there to play the next game. So that's that's what having it in the one venue makes it a little logistically tricky because it's like, okay, well, we got to scrub everything down. and Yeah, right, the because it's not down. one venue where they have, you know, multiple rinks. They that's have one right. rink. That is right. That's my point. That That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm referring to. I'm surprised, though, given that they have Toronto, that they didn't use Rico. Like, they yeah. could have they could have had, like, had it at multiple rinks. Yeah, Or they could even use the, the MasterCard Center. Yeah, they're close enough together. They don't have fans. You yeah. know what I mean? They're close enough together. Well, at least with Rico, though, you could probably get TV rigged up a little easier in Rico. You got a little more space to work with. Fair enough. Uh, it is an arena. Like, you could still space it out for TV. Um, but, yeah, I would – at least Rico also is still reasonably close to uh, the Air Canada Center. Where is it still in Canada? Awesome. Scotia now. Scotia, yeah, right? Yeah, Scotia Bank Arena. Yeah, yeah. But it's close enough. They're, like, not far away. Yeah, no, it's not far at all. It's like – I yeah. mean, without traffic, it's a five-minute drive. 
Yeah. And traffic shouldn't be too, like, I'm sure they could get like a police escort and go from point A to point B. I don't think yeah. it would be that crazy. That would be my idea. That way you could overlap them if you needed to. And then you have a little buffer to work with just in case. Yeah. Anyway, no, that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. So anyway, and I'm sure Edmonton has a facility nearby as well. Like, you know, they're hockey crazy over in, over in Alberta as well. So you could have done it for sure. I don't know. That's just me, but I think it's kind of cool. And I'm looking forward to, I'm definitely going to check out some of these games. No doubt. At you least have them on for Dallas Vegas. Uh, I am just because it's, it's like, it's literally one game. <laughs> the, the whole round Robin thing is like, is because when I, that's what refreshed my memory that it was a round Robin. I completely forgot that part of it for the, the upper uh, ranked teams that they were going to do it for seating. I forgot right. because I was looking at Dallas Vegas and I was like, Oh cool. They're playing Dallas Vegas. And then I look and then they're playing somebody else. I was like, Oh, right. I see indeed. But um, so you do realize Dave, and this is the one time that I may that I will back you on this. You realize the fucking chaos it would cause if the Canadians beat the freaking penguins. Beat the freaking penguins. I would love it. Do it, you poutine eaters. Do I don't it. think it's gonna happen, but I would love it. I, I mean, the only way that happens is literally if Carey Price scores goals too. But uh yeah. Hey, listen, it worked on it worked in Mighty Ducks, your favorite movie. I'm sure it's my I'm sure. favorite movie. It's just up there. Didn't they? Didn't they have the one kid do the knuckle puck as the goalie? I think so. Yeah. Couldn't care. Oh, say Dino Carlos is quack, 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 quack. Come on, buddy. Whatever it takes, Dave. I just, I just need the Penguins to lose. I need the Penguins to lose. You need to do. You need to pick up the mantle where Ottawa failed, Ogilvy. Where Ottawa failed. We almost had a prevention of a travesty, and yet travesty. You have your yeah. chance, Dave. No one expects anything, much like a lot of things in your life. We expect nothing, Dave. <laughs> we expect literally nothing. All you need to do is deliver more than nothing. Yeah, you deliver more than nothing. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Price, maybe, maybe. It would at least be funny. Like, would that not be like the most like? Be, it'd be me. I'd love it because one, because your team's winning, and two, because they're beating Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, and it would bring the whole thing into chaos. Like, if we're gonna have a random season that just is gonna end this way, all fucked up. We need chaos, Dave. We need chaos. We need. Chaos. Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's gonna, if it's, you know what, it's like MLB. You know what? We have never had a game before where, you know, it was self pitch. Let's do it because it's COVID. Yeah, it's um. That would be interesting. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Stanton just throw the ball off and just crush it. Yeah, just go, go, just do it. I think that'd be fun. Why not? Yeah. So, so get ready for day. I'm prepared. I'm prepared to call it right now. Here it is. I've got it all ready. All right. Stanley Cup final. Dallas Star Montreal Canadiens. We're doing it. I, do it. Let's do it. Let's Book do it. it. Let's do it. And it'll end in a tie. <laughs> why not? It's like, because why I'm not? Just going to like s- chainsaw the thing in half. Here you no, go, Montreal. And here no, you go. What happened is after a couple of years of disappointment, uh, it's like if Dallas was to pull that off and win the Stanley Cup, Jamie Bowman would be like, I did it. It'd be like, you literally did it after so many years. And then I'm just sitting there flabbergasted. And then I'm sitting there in this exact post flabbergasted until the next time we record. I'm just like, and you're just looking at me. And it's like, what's wrong? It's like, do you have any idea how many Jamie Ben rookie cards I have? I literally have all of them. I literally have all of them. Win the Stanley Cup for me, Jamie. Do it for me. Yeah, exactly. With a mantra, do it for Carlos. I know, man. No, That I is something I think one. we can all get behind. I literally have every single one, Dave. I have all of them. Every last one. And I have 60% of the cards from his rookie year, including parallels, including patches, including autographs, including everything. People. And another long national nightmare. Jamie Ben win the Stanley Cup 
so Carlos can make bank. Yeah, I was going to say, like, after all these years, after all these years of these declines in my portfolio, all the all the gains everywhere else have to offset Jamie Ben's declines. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Thanks a lot, bro. You know he won a scoring title once. I don't know if you know this. He won I did not know title. that. He did. He won a scoring title. He is a scoring champion. Why is his card not going up then? Come on. Because he hasn't played like that in years. But he did one time, Carlos, one time. Well, he had another season where he actually scored more points than he did in the year he won the scoring title. Yeah, but you know what? If you're not first, you're last, Carlos. What is this, the Montreal Canadiens story? Like, Jesus. No, it's basically like, it's like, since 1993, we've just been crap. We've won some stuff, sure. But we've never won the Stanley Cup. And we've never made the Stanley Cup. But at least we're not Toronto. I guess you can hang your head on that. You know what? There's a lot of people who can hang their head on that, Carlos. There's a lot of people who can hang their but head did on your that. Ba- but did your random basketball team win a championship, Dave? Did they? By random thing, do you mean Toronto or the New Orleans? Yeah, I just, I just, you said Toronto. You didn't say Toronto Maple Leafs. You said Toronto. The city That's of true. Toronto has one thing. Yes, they've won multiple things. Great yes. cops. They, they, they got a league now? That's awesome. Soccer. Basically, they've won. I mean, obviously, they have. They haven't won. I would argue, even though the Jays haven't won since 92, that those back-to-back years where they made the playoffs. 93. Sorry, that's said 92? Yeah. Okay, so since they haven't won since 1993. But they made the playoffs two years in a row. And that's more exciting than your average Leaf playoff series. Let's put it that way. Because okay. 1967, people. 1967. I agree on one side, Dave. But it is pretty exciting when you're up by three goals in game seven and lose. That's exciting, Dave. <laughs> like watching it is like, yes. wow, for, this is for, for Leaf haters and the team and the fans of the team that won. Yes, it is. Like, D- Dave, I was watching that game. I was like, ha, huh, you really did it. Yeah. Like up by three in game seven. Huh? You know, I mean, if, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be the Maple Leafs. Well, they literally lost to the Bruins like two or three times in a row in the playoffs in like game sevens, I think. Because like it's not? actually kind of impressive. Like Boston literally owns them. It's weird. Like it's bizarre. Like it says, well, basically Boston is doing to them what they did to Ottawa for that entire stretch of time where like Ottawa was good Dude, and let, then they let, keep losing to the Beatles. Do we have to bring up Ottawa? Like you're just crushing Oggs's soul. Come on, man. Yeah, I do have to bring it up. Yeah, this is this precisely why I have to bring it up. All right. I mean, you're not wrong. You know, listen, facts are facts. They, I already saw that man die. I already, there's right now it's a husk. It's been a husk, you know, for uh, since 05. Like, it's right. been 15 years, Dave. Right. You know, so. let, let the man rest. Let the man rest. Fair enough. But yeah, there you go, people. Yeah. All right. I am, but I am looking legitimately looking forward to watching some of these games. I think this will be fun, especially Saturday. I think Saturday is going to be a fun one uh, because uh, I'm guessing that I, I, I wouldn't doubt that the local TV is going to go like balls to the wall, just uh, coverage top to bottom. They're going to make a whole day out of it. Like, Let's it's going to be, there. it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun, though. Like, f- for us, just. Well, something. now that the Jays aren't playing, you know, yeah. SportsCenter's got all channels devoted to it. I think, uh, I think that actually works out really great for them because on the the opening night of the restarted playoffs, they basically got it to themselves. It's like basketball's playing too, so they got it to themselves. That's amazing. And you, know you know what's funny? Is it the Raptors game is preempted for a hockey game? No, the Raptors <laughs> game is actually on SportsCenter, so it could be. They should preempt it. They're like, we were going to show you the Raptors game, but no one cares. To the hockey game. So yeah. So anyway. tell me about the tell me about the CFL, Carlos. They get some right. money. They were offered a loan to government. Uh, like details are sparse, but they were apparently offered a loan from the federal government. And apparently, the um, 
the interest rate and the terms were kind of high. So the CFL is basically like, look, we'd be, we'd be financially worse off accepting this loan than not to which I reply, then don't accept the loan and fold or figure it out. They were, they were supposed to have made their decision already. They were supposed to have explained. I think today was the deadline to be like, we're going to play or we're not going to play hmm. tomorrow is August. Make up your damn mind and just do something. You know, if you're holding out for the government to give you more money, I didn't agree with them offering you anything. So I think you guys should just call it a season and be done with it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you gotta you gotta shit all get off the pot, right? No, like in all seriousness, let, let, let's play out the best case scenario. Okay, let's they come up with some kind of a sweetheart deal. It is August the first. When are you gonna start games? Well, I mean, they've talked about shortened season, so who knows, right? Yeah, shortened to what, like three day, three games? <laughs> like, how, how short do you think you can make it in and when- Winnipeg? Yeah, even better. As you know, Dave, I have often said, Winnipeg has the loveliest weather. Year-round, Dave. Like, there is literally no bad time. It's like California. You've never said that with a straight face while actually being serious and really saying anything positive about Winnipeg. No one has ever said that with a straight face, ever. Even Even people who, remember this, people who live in Winnipeg don't feel that way. Correct. Yeah, they're like, well, we have bad weather, mosquitoes, great. And we're like in the middle of the country where like no one cares. You, you do have that going for you, yes? So we're like Alberta, but like without the oil, right? But with more mosquitoes, great. And we're like Saskatchewan without the wheat, right? But with more mosquitoes, awesome. It's it basically, it all it always ends with, but with more mosquitoes. Well, yeah, basically, yes. Yes, Dave. I, I can't. What other definable quality does Winnipeg have? Just out of curiosity, like what, what else you got? Flooding. <laughs> what is this? It's like, guys, good news. What's that? We got good news out of Winnipeg. Actually, What's that? You know what? You know what? To be fair to Winnipeg, you know what they do have, which actually matters. Name a thing they have that matters, please. The mint. Fantastic. Right? Fa- Those fa- Canadian fa- coins are minted in Winnipeg. That that is that is true. That is true. So they've got they do have that. Yeah. So your your flooding, your flooding crack just made me think of uh, you know, I can imagine like a news bulletin out of Winnipeg. It's like, hey, good news out of Winnipeg. Well, this is good news out of Winnipeg. What happened? Well, the flooding has put out the, the wildfires. Great. Wait, what? Yeah. So we're 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 looking forward to it because then once the wildfires are gone, then we think they'll turn into mudslides and then that'll put out the rest of the fires. Okay. But Winnipeg doesn't have fires. They do now. Just because? But will it kill the mosquitoes, Carlos? Will any of those things kill the mosquitoes? Because that's Absolutely really what we want to know. Nothing kills the mosquitoes. <laughs> the mosquitoes will inherit the province. Just let them have it. You know what? At this point, why don't we why don't we say, you know, we're going ahead with the CFL season and it's just teams of mosquitoes? Dude, I would watch that shit. <laughs> I would do. I couldn't see it. It would be a blank screen. Just, but... and you know what? And you know what I'm gonna say here right now? All right, CFL, you can have that idea for free. I'm glad because they can't afford anything else. <laughs> You'd have to pay for them to take your idea. <laughs> Oh, I, you know what though? I, at this point, I might, I, I might actually do that. If they would do it, I'd be like, "All right, here's some money, make it happen." So what you're saying is that the CFL needs to consider McLaughlin for their telethon commercial too. Brilliant, Carlos. Why? We, we, you know what? Why didn't we not think of this at the time we were initially discussing Sarah McLaughlin? Yes, that's what they need to do. Put on a telethon, talk about how poor you are, put some Sarah McLaughlin music on, and boom, league saved, season saved. With this pandemic and this economy, not only have we saved the CFL, we also got Sarah McLaughlin like work. She's got like as much as she wants. You know, I'm pretty sure Sarah McLaughlin is probably well off to begin with. 
However, yeah, but, no, but, she, but this but point, the royalties, she can make like the royalty. She's making bank on our the royalties from us, Carlos. Dave, at this point, she's closing in on like Nat Turner self indulgent wienerdom. Okay, like, so like, what if what if we get then a we get, well, we get we get Sarah McLaughlin to write us a theme song for the podcast. The, the problem is, I feel like it would just be the theme song. <laughs> Imagine the podcast begins with the eyes of an angel. <laughs> like, In why? the arms of the angel. And then everyone's listening. It's like, I don't even know why, but I feel like I should give them money. It's like, yeah, you should. <laughs> if that's how this ends, Carlos, make it happen. It's like, that. not that always the end game with the Sarah McLaughlin song? You know, what? you know what? If, if honestly, it's like people start calling us, giving us money. It's like, how did you get this number? We never posted our number. It's like, Dave, I'm getting anonymous PayPal's. You That's know a what? Lot of yeah, zero. But they're not actually fake PayPal. People are just like, there you go. Nat Turner starts sponsoring us. Hey, you'll see next week. We're officially sponsored by Nat Turner. It's like, and it's like, and the rest of the podcast will be us talking about what a great idea it is to commoditize sport art collection, Dave. You know what's great? An IPO from Nat Turner. You know why? Because Nat Turner is a great man. A great hey, you man. know what I will say whatever Nat Turner wants me to say about him if he sponsors his podcast. Just put it out there. You'll know you know something's up if Dave is like wearing the exact same hat, the exact same shirt, but all of a sudden he's blinged out in like a Mr. T necklace. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? Instead, I no instead of headphones hanging around here, it's a Mr. T necklace. Yeah, it's like I don't know what happened. It's like, but let's talk about the Nat Turner IPO, Dave. Well, let's spend the next hour talking about that. I think that's just fair. That. Yeah. So now you know Nat Turner. Hashtag and sponsor. in case and if but just remember, there are people suffering, people like Carlos and Dave, and you too can help them out if you only donate for one dollar a day. You know, Dave, the amount of pauses you gave are like wrecking this. Like, you got to go. You got to go. Didn't you do drama? This, like this is it. This this was your moment. Like you were I ready. Was, you know why I kept pausing, right? Because I kept hoping you were going to play the song, and then you didn't play the song. <laughs> Dave, I don't want to get this blocked in whatever format it ends up going in. It will you're get blocked. Not, you're not well, you're not 15 seconds, aren't you? I maybe. I, I've seen I've seen you so YouTube is very stringent about this. Like they're they're militant. I took a clip uh once of a um I was trying to make a point, and I think I was trying to do I was doing a sports card video where I was talking about Mike Medano, and I found a clip, a grainy clip that was like distorted audio of Mike Medano scoring a goal where I wanted to use the example because it was him doing an end-to-end rush and it okay. had like the play-by-play call. And this is a game from like 1993 when they first got to Dallas. YouTube picked it up and flagged the video. And I was like, what? This is not only a grainy video. It's not only taking up only part of the screen. It's also almost unintelligible audio. And you still meant the algorithm still picked it up and realized it was copyrighted. Wow. From 1993, Dave. All right, just saying. Fair enough. Just saying. You Fair know, may, you know. We'll, we'll try. If we can ever make the arrangement with Sarah McLaughlin, we can always try this again. But uh, today's not that day. Remember, people, for pennies a day, you can make Carlos and I rich. It is a fact. It is a fact, and it, a worthier cause I cannot think of. No, literally, I can't think of one. Not one. Nope. Nothing. Okay, cool. So I think we got that covered. Got that covered. Uh, no one cares if the CFL folds. Whatever. Um, was there something else randomly that you wanted to throw in there? Because no, I uh, think we're good for the shameless plugs, buddy. Mm, mm. All right. So, generally speaking, outside of uh, the tangents and you know the Sarah McLaughlin uh, telephone talk, which may still happen, just put it out there, may still happen. Generally speaking, it is usually an audio only podcast. We're trying out the video thing, and hopefully, it came out okay. Is my picture okay, Dave? It is. Am it I has, like and it has being? been the entire time. This is what happens when you hardwire. 
Apparently, you have to hardwire it to a modem to make this work. Great. Fantastic. Anyway, you can check out generally the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And I don't think we said one valid thing, but we did that in at least an hour. And we also showed you memes of Rob Manfred. And by yes. meme, I mean a picture of him, which has been turned into a meme. Well, the thing is, Dave, not only is that, so I, I uh, you know, we got to we gotta go out on, uh, see, if I could have played the Sarah McLaughlin thing, this is where I'd play it. Because I, I would have put the picture up. See, that's a beautiful thing. I would have done that. And then one other thing that you can do, Dave, and this is what a lot of people don't realize. So let me do this here as an example. Uh, let's do this. I don't know if you can see the screen there, Dave. Yes, I do. I like it. Yeah. By the way, going forward, that'll be where you'll see where all the uh, social media is because I'm not even going to bother to read it. Perfect. Look, You at could that. also put the spiel down there, too. I could. I could put the spiel down there. Dave, scrolling ticker for the win. You see, this is technology, Dave. Tech. I feel, I feel we have finally reached another level, Carlos, on this podcast. So you're saying we went from like level zero to like level 0.1. <laughs> you know not it. Even, not even like a full level. Just That's improvement. It's 0.1. improvement. And is he? Look. The scrolling ticker's still going. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Nice. I like it. Yes. Anyway, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can check that out. And obviously on the YouTube on the YouTube vid channel, Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast, because if you're seeing this, you're watching the YouTube channel, subscribe to it. So you can check that out there. And uh, at least now we've got plenty of incentive to upload it. You can see our wonderful faces and see the idiocy that is this podcast. The true idiocy. You know, it's, it's the podcast of two unqualified idiots for a reason. It is, it is a fact. And look, you have to understand, like, I brought in my finest oversized polo. Dave brought in his finest reverse hat. He's got that going for him. Like, think about it, people. And not only that, we took professionalism to another level. Bam. Boom. Look at that. Like, you can't, like, would you not trust this man? This man would hashtag sponsor us. We might not accept the money because it might be blood money that's cursed on an Indian burial ground or something. We might give it to somebody else and just see what happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd take it, but, you know, I'm sure he would. Hashtag sponsors. I think he would. Yep. Anyway, so that is it for myself and Dave. We will catch you on the next episode, hopefully, of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.